Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Today we have as our guest Babe Tushar who is working as the human resource business partner at Walmart. Hi Babe, thank you for coming and joining us today. Thank you for having me here. So just to set some context for our lovely listeners, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Sure. And uh, first of all, I am privileged to be here and having this opportunity to express my uh, thoughts about the hr uh, my career started with uh, when i was an engineer in infosys i had done my btech and i joined infosys as a software engineer now at that point of time everybody was doing engineering most of the people right. and i also went into that path while it was an interesting area but i realized that you get an understanding of the systems process and various connection in the technology but there are much more to it in the business and hence i i had done my post graduation later on from xlri jamshedpur in human resource management and then joined the corporate world as an hr right. now now what happened is that my understanding of the systems and the software gave me a way of thinking about the problem in very systematic way and the and i would find interconnections between the problem of the business people and then try to create a solution from my campus in uh, my post graduation college i joined lnt infotech that is a service based technology company but uh, at that point of that uh, time that company was going transform uh, going total transformation transformation the company was going public and hence lots of work had to be done including changing the policies throughout processes throughout many other uh, areas got very good opportunity to work there for in the different problematic areas and try to bring an hr solution to it for example creating entire new leave policy and system processes or working on the visa related issues at that point of time uh, in us and many others i also became the hr business partner for europe region and then got to know uh, the nuances of the local law of land for many mm-hmm. european countries that was a very that was a very uh, enriching uh, part of my career then i moved to retail industry reliance retail in particular that is reliance retail is one of the biggest uh, retail company in india and it's like mammoth you have lots to learn there i was looking after the geography when we say geography it was the warehouses around 200 plus warehouses there and the workforce at the ground and my responsibility was to create a solution uh for the ground uh, people now during my during my tenure uh, i had done some good work so much so that i also got an understanding of the business itself i started getting involved in the supply chain logistics and other operational part of it there was a geomart launch going to happen in mumbai and i was part of the core team and that gave me an understanding of the uh, procurement procurement contracting technology and all other areas which are not only in hr but beyond that so that gave me an understanding of the operational flow and value chain of the retail industry per se then 
I got an opportunity to come to Walmart in a center of excellence team. Now that team was responsible for creating organization design and architecting talent for entire, entire, entire enterprise Walmart. Mm -hmm. As you know, Walmart is the biggest company in terms of revenue and it's very, very big. It's spread, spread across the globe. Right. And uh, then I got an exposure and way of thinking of solving problem for very specific field, which is called talent architecture, job design, job evaluation, and so on and so forth. Currently, I am human resource business partner, looking after many functions, including the technology and support functions. For example, uh, services support. Few few of my people are in procurement, contracting services, and so on and so forth. So that is my journey so far. Thank That's you. That's amazing. That's such an interesting journey coming this far ahead and now working in Walmart as well. So coming back to your experiences, I'm sure you had to deal with a lot of things and learned a lot of things. So how do you design and structure the overall strategy for retaining a talented pool of candidates in the organization? Sure. Very nice question. While this question sounds straightforward, but this is one of the most complex problems for an organization. Nonetheless, I'll try to simplify the question and then try to peel the layers around it. First, what is a talent pool? Do we know what is talent pool for our organization? How are you defining the talent in your organization? Since we all have finite resources, sometimes it is best to identify what is your priority and what is your targeted talent pool. How do you want to identify and differentiate top talent? Now, identification can be like based on our business, which function is important, which function is relatively more important as compared to other or other functions or based on performance or based on external talent market and ability availability of skills. Many times organizations do not have this defined clearly in written terms, but usually HR and leadership know which talent to focus and create categories of the talent. If you know, more often than not, there are categories of talent in an organization and the leadership in HR knows about what are those categories. These categories may be called personas and they can be used to direct the focus of leaders and HRs towards retention strategies. Now, the overall gist of this point is that uh, when we say talent, every organization need to understand that when they call talent, what is the talent for them? Are they focusing on a group of people or entire organization is a talent? Because resources are always finite, whether it's, it's a Fortune 1 company or any company which is earning, uh, which has a very, very high percentage of profit or any, any organization. You have to always direct your resources towards your talented and the valued contributors of the organization. Now, the second point would be sense of belonging. How much employees connect with the product, idea and vision of the organization? Let me give you one example. In tech industry, uh, many times engineers play a small role while creating an immensely co complex product. Let's say, let's take example of retail industry itself. If you are a consumer for any of the retail uh, organization, it can be anything you think about yourself. You place an order and it's an immensely complex network as well as lines of code where from the time you place an order till it is delivered at your doorstep, even in, let's say, five days, two days, or one day, or even 30 minutes, as in the case of many uh, uh, many uh, quick service, quick service uh, logistics delivery system, it is very complex product. So if 
employees when they write the lines of code and they can connect to the product and how it is creating value for the customer i think that will create a sense of belonging for uh, for them now uh, if they come to establish a causal relationship between their lines of code and business outcome they will be relatively more satisfied if they are not able to do it another part of the sense of belonging is the outcome and is the ideological match of the culture with the people now why why i am saying ideological match is that many times the new generation is identifying with one or more ideology if the organization also subscribe to an ideology there is a natural bad match between them so that is also important let let's take an example for myself itself myself so my organization is relatively high touch organization where it is considered that if you come to office meet people then you are able to create a value i subscribe to that thought in that sense i have a natural inclination towards my organization and him hence i am connected to it now this brings to our third point that is the culture uh we have been peeling the layers and the third part would be culture how to create positive work culture a positive work culture can be key factor in retaining top talent and employees hr managers should focus on the environment where employees feel valued respected and supported now it is very easy said than done right this can involve initiatives initiatives such as promoting work life balance offering opportunities for professional development recognizing and rewarding exceptional performance and encouraging open communication and collaboration now these things may sound very simple but they are immensely immensely complex and when you get into the uh, environment and try to create a solution you will realize that it has many different touch points from different dif- different areas and it's not easy to build a solution around it now the fourth layer would be but it is one of the most important layer is the total rewards mm-hmm. and then continuous growth of an employee now different types of benefit work differently for different people while it is good to benchmark benefit with the best of the industry it is also helpful to see how much it can be customized now let me give you an example here i entered many years back in uh, coca cola organization and they used to give very good five star lunch and it was free of cost i was amazed i was so happy at that point of time during two months of my internship that i thought that i'll go to an organization in future which serves good food and free lunch not that i can't afford it or not that i don't eat outside but don't know why there is a connection between good food and me belonging to an organization yeah. my organization walmart gives free food here and the pantry is always stacked with good food and there is a good spread for the lunch i love it and so that's why i am saying that i am saying that because uh, the customization or the relative importance of the food for me is very high yeah. and organization giving free food or very good food is very important to me so these kind of benefits work for different people so these are the many different levers not restricted to these many only there may be many other but help in retaining the overall talent true so these are like very subtle points but it has a huge impact in the way employees actually behave and the performance are impacted and i completely agree food being a very amazing source i would honestly be just as happy as you <laughs> so of course right so can you share some transformational projects that were really challenging for you but you overcame them in fact thanks for asking that question i would like to talk about 
career path here. So what do we understand by career path? Usually what happens in organization is that when the career path is defined, it's that within the same function itself, people will get an opportunity to grow. If let's say I am an HRBP, I will have a career path towards an HR head. Maybe I'll do an HRBP role for a few years, then take a little bit shift towards learning and development, then take a little bit shift towards associate relationship and then try to reach that position. Now that's a career path more or less vertical in orientation with a little bit of digression here and there within the same function. Now, do you think that it is possible to create a career path which is very, very diverse and people can jump from one function to another so that holistic career development takes place? Although it takes, it happens many times in the organization, but usually there is no formal process in most of the organization. How to solve for that? One of the entities in South Africa Pose this problem. The leadership came up with this problem that we have talented people in supply chain department. Supply chain is immensely big department and so is the retail operations department. So retail operations is those people, store operations are those people who are working in store, for example, store manager, somebody who is a cashier at the store and the front facing role of the customer. And supply chain is which is enabling the transfer of goods from the uh, from the vendors or warehouses to the stores where it is supplied to the customer, where it is sold to the customer. Now, these two are very important functions in a retail industry, in a retail company, but there is no formal career path between these two. How people will jump from one to another? Can we do something formal around it? So I created one solution. One solution lies in creating the competency framework for these two functions. Let's say if you create competency framework for supply chain and competency framework for store operations, try to connect it somewhere, then there can be a bridge between these two areas. It is very difficult to do so. Why? Because the competencies required for different functions are very, very different. For example, uh, in the retail operations, in the, uh, in the store operations, the customer orientation is one of the very, very important competency. And in the supply chain, let's say digital acumen to to use the digital systems, warehousing pro, uh, warehousing processes is very important. So those kind of skills, it is very difficult thing to do. But if we if we go down the layer of the competencies to sub competencies and creating themes out of that, there is there is a possibility to connect the themes between these two competencies of the, these two different areas. Right. So what I did is that I created a comp comprehensive list of competency for supply chain and operations. Try to create themes and try to connect to each other. It was found that more than 30 to 40 percent of the themes or the competencies overlapped with, e with each other. Now, the second problem was there that how to since 30 to 40 percent is not enough skill for a person to jump from one area to another, how to bridge that gap. So then comes the learning intervention. If you try to access the difference between the, the two different roles in different areas or functions and try to gap through the learning intervention, then you are re ready to create a formal career path between the two organizations. And that pilot was done, that was successful. So that was one of the complex problems which you asked that I had been I had solved so. 
that was one of the examples that's amazing <laughs> so we've already seen the quite the changes that has taken place post covid and the workplace restructuring has made choices far wider not just for the organization but also for mm-hmm. the candidates on choosing whether to go remote hybrid mode or completely commit to being in offline workspace right so what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on how this change has impacted the industry yeah so yes aprajita this is the question of the r and everybody is talking about it exactly flexible work future ways of work uh, remote working and right. so on and so forth so while a sudden change in work of uh, ways of work due to covid ushered new thoughts where people started realizing that remote work or work from anywhere is a permanent reality but the truth is far from it there is no doubt that the flexibility has increased in last 3 years but as you can see most of the organization organizations have got hybrid with a few days offline and the rest remote in my opinion this hybrid work is going to stay for some time until and unless next sudden change is necessitated due to once in a lifetime event covid was once in a lifetime event for us yeah. right it can be a pandemic like covid all cultural wave or a drastic change in the technology etc for example i'll give you an example uh what happened in industrial revolution earlier people were working in their own business it was like gig workforce whenever they want to do whatever they want to do they would do that but with the factory system coming into place hundreds of years back people started working in time bound manner in factories and flexibility of workers was lost they had to work from morning to evening in a very fixed time in a number of days for example 5 days 6 days was there so that was the ways of work and flexibility was lost at that point of time but on the contrary what happened in covid covid necessitated the working remotely and we can only speculate what is going to happen next if somebody can say that this is going to happen next i am not sure that how can they claim it because nobody knows the future overall impact is mixed for employees and organization when this thing happened in the covid when people started working from remotely but the results have been mixed so there are few data coming out of it with the remote working Uh, one of the data one of the very small and finer point is that with data it is observed that employees are taking lesser leaves now as compared to the pre covid times mm-hmm. and then organizations have to pay a little bit more in full and final settlement because the leave number of leaves people have saved is very very high and that brings a little bit of uh, budgetary issue for the organization because that has gone up right it's not that employees are not taking rest but they are not taking as many leaves as they used to do because they are already at home or they may be working from somewhere for some time and hence there is a lesser requirement of taking leaves so i would say that overall results have been mixed but sooner or later things are bound to change yeah. i am just waiting for the next in the next cultural change technology change or maybe something like pandemic where our ways of work will change probably it may happen that from 5 days of work it may also come to 4 days of work but the work hours become a little bit more 10 hours 12 hours or something else i can't we can only speculate right so change is inevitable and i think one of the things that is very important for us is to take it with a bit of optimistic vibe and also just you know continue to adapt to it right so absolutely yes of course prajit <laughs> So any last advice you'd like to give to our budding HR professionals who would be entering the industry Sure so what i would like to say is that their wants motivation and 
and ambition will change over time. So budding HR professional, while the long time planning is good, but mid-term career planning is even better. You never know when you will change as person and the path you have set yourself very early in your career become less and even less relevant as you progress in your culture. Because human change over the time and I believe the time frame is around 8 to 10 years. In 8 to 10 years, there is a drastic shift in your thought process, in your wants and what you want to achieve in your career. So it's always better to have a midterm plan in place and work according to it. Secondly, one of the most important thing, fostering good relationship and building a network is a valuable skill. It always pays. And later as you grow in your career, usually recruitment does not happen through LinkedIn or uh, all the other job website. It's through network. It's through the brand you have built. And that brings to the third point. Being good in your work is extremely important. Nobody can deny it. But equally important is showcasing your good work to, th to those who matter. You have to go for it rather than waiting for it to come to you. Marketing skills can never be undervalued, especially when it comes to marketing your own brand. So budding HR professional, my request to you is that do extremely thorough and good work. At the same time, start showcasing your work so that you can create your own brand. Build your brand in something so that people when think of that particular area or that particular problem or that particular theme, they will think of you and then your value is created. So that's my advice to them. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all the lovely experience. And I'm sure there's a lot of takeaway for our lovely listeners. So this brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, Vaibhav. It was lovely hosting you today. So it was all my pleasure, Aprajita. Thank you again for having me here. Sure.